Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. I think we should do a video like that and we should have adults do it though, right? Get, get, it, get it down. Do you know Mother's Day is the third most attended church service of the year behind Christmas and Easter? Yeah, it's always our third biggest one. And Mother's Day, sometimes preachers preach to the mothers. And I always thought the mom's probably the last person that needs a sermon, right? Right? So today I'm preaching the sermon to anyone who at some point was given birth to by a mom. That's my target audience today. So you are in good company. And today's topic, I'm just going to tell you right now, today's topic is sadly, it's, it's so countercultural. It's, it's something we've, you won't see in the news. You won't see it on social media. But my, my prayer is by the end of the day that you will have a new understanding for an ancient virtue and that we will, as a church, move more into how God has called us and created us. And we're going to start deep in the Old Testament. Let's go back to the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments, this was back when Moses was leading the children of Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt. And these people, they had been slaves. Their children had been slaves. Their, their grandparents had been slaves. They didn't have a national identity. They didn't have much of a, of a culture. It had been robbed from them. And so there they are following Moses. And God wants to speak identity to his people. He wanted to form a culture in his people so that they would look and speak and know that they are different than the world around them. And so he gives them the Ten Commandments. It's, a, it's a, not just a list of things they shouldn't do or should do. It's going to teach them how to engage with God. It's going to teach them, them who they are and how they engage with the world around them. And so the first three commandments of the Ten Commandments are all vertical. It's, it's, it's how we relate to God. And, and then we have this fourth commandment. It's the first one that's horizontal between people. And you would think the first uh, horizontal command would be something really important like, like love, love one another. Or, of course, treat others the way you want to be treated. Or some huge truth like never give Tom Brady the football with two minutes left on the clock. Like something that, that we know is just so important. But no, what is the first of the horizontal commandments that he gives us? Exodus twenty twelve. here it is. Honor your father and mother. The first three verses talk about how we engage and relate to God in his ways. And then when it comes to the first one of how we treat each other, he says, honor your mom and your dad. Now, there's six more commandments after this, that how we treat each other. But I know it's no accident that God starts right off the bat with honoring our parents. And the word, the Hebrew word for honor here, it's used in a lot of different ways. It's kind of flexible, but repeatedly it has this nuance of, of being weighty, of to make something heavy. This word honor, it's not to be taken lightly. Honor is a weighty thing. It's not, it's not easy to wield. It's not light. It's, it's, it has some weight to it. It's sacred. This is important. Honor is important. The New Testament, Greek and Aramaic, the word honor uh, has a relation to how much something is worth. In other words, honor has to do with the value that someone has. We put these together. It's a, it's a sacred, weighty topic that tells you about the value of other people. And here's the truth is that honor, sadly, has been lost in our culture. It's not something we, we talk about. In fact, we hear more about honor in movies than we do in the news. We learn more about honor in cinema than we do in schools. But the Bible has a lot to say about honor. 
It's mentioned 145 times in the Bible. More than grace, more than forgive, more than pray. 145 times it's mentioned. And, and I, I think that's, it's worthy today on Mother's Day to dust off this old virtue and see what God, how God would have us engage with what it means to honor. Honor is mentioned 145 times, but mother is mentioned 237, which tells you, in heaven, mom, you are quite a hit. That's right. So let's look at the Bible as a whole. And let's see where this honor flow from. Like, like, what is the headwaters of honor? Where does it come from? And the place it starts, where it's most potently present, is in the Trinity of God. You know, God the Father honors the Son. The Son honors the Father. They honor the Spirit. The Spirit honors them. When, we speak to, when they speak to one another, they speak the language of honor. When the Trinity speaks about one another, they speak with honor. Each turn giving honor to the other's. And this is important for us to know because Genesis tells us in Genesis 1.27, it says, In the image of God, he created us man and woman. Now, what does it mean to be created in God's image? It means that, that what's the truest part of who you are has its roots in heaven. Like your desire to, to be loved and to love others, that's because you're made in the image of a God who says God is love. Uh, our desire for justice, when we see wrong done, that's from a God who, who created justice and who will make all wrongs right. Honor is within us because honor is in heaven. And being created in God's image, our hearts were made to respond to honor. You were made to respond to honor. You were made to speak in honor. Now, we might know that we might say here, that we can be, to be honest, honor might not be something we talk about much. In fact, when I'm talking about honor right now, we might be thinking, what is it? What, what actually does it mean to, to speak honor? It's not something that's, like I said, alive in our culture all that much, is it? But we're going to learn how our hearts and the hearts of people around us were created to respond to honor. Um, what does it look like? As a pastor, I, I have the privilege of being there on some people's best day and worst day, their weddings and their funerals, and rarely they're the same day. Sadly, and here's the truth, every time I do a funeral, somebody says something that breaks my heart. I said, I, I wish I had told my mom how much she meant to me. Or I never got to tell him how much I loved him. And then we get to the funeral and we stand on a stage somewhere and we speak a eulogy and for me, as a pastor getting to view these things, a eulogy is, is, is oftentimes sad because it's words of honor that, that someone's speaking that the person never got to hear. They never got to hear that. On Mother's Day, what if today you spoke honor to your mother and you told her how much she means to me? What if someday at her, her funeral you got to say on stage, there's nothing I'm going to tell you today that I haven't already told my mom. Honor's important. And beyond our moms, what if we spoke honor to those that we loved, those that we live with, those in our family? What if we spoke honor to those while they still had ears and a heart to receive it? Unfortunately, most often we, res we reserve honor for when somebody has passed. It's it, honor takes courage, and it's easier sometimes to speak honor at a eulogy 
than it is to sit down with somebody and speak honor to their face. And my hope is after today, we will see and understand honor's significance in our life, honor's significance in the lives of those around us, and that we will leave this room being people who speak honor to those around us, that we take a risk and we speak honor while those around us still have ears to hear. You see, when we, when we go tell somebody we love them, when we want to go say something nice to somebody, there's a few different ways that we speak to them. And most often, I mean, overwhelmingly, we stop short of giving honor. Here's how we start. Off, there's three ways of speaking virtue to someone. And the first is the level of compliment. You look great. Great shoes. Nice truck. Like complimenting somebody is the first level. The second level is encouragement. You did great. You got this. You're a great mom. These are good, and there's, there's nothing wrong with compliments. And of course, there's nothing wrong with encouragement. But honor is something, remember, far weightier, far more sacred. And it goes below all these and beyond compliments, beyond encouragement. You see, compliments, what do they speak to? A compliment speaks to how you look outside. It says, you look great. Encouragement speaks on behavior. You did great. But honor doesn't speak to how you look or how you did. It speaks to who you are. Honor speaks to identity. You know, compliments are great. We love them, but they can be shallow. And encouragement, that, that's great. We, we, should be, we should give encouragement. We should encourage those around us. It's good to speak to somebody's behavior and how they've done. But honor is a whole different league. Honor takes courage. How much courage does it take to give a compliment? Usually not a lot. And it doesn't take much courage to, to encourage somebody. But honor, it finds what is greatest about somebody and pulls it out and speaks it to them. My friend Kathy Gregg says that honor draws out the gold that's already there. Like it, it sees the worth that God has put in somebody, the greatness within their identity, and it takes it out and shows them. And so while a compliment and encouragement, they're easy to do and easy to spot, easy to speak, Honor something you must look for. It takes some work. You must dig it up. You must seek after it. And it can be difficult to actually speak honor to a person. The things we say in a eulogy, could you imagine saying some of those things to a person's face? For some people, it's too much. You see, instead of complimenting and encouraging, I, I want to I ask you guys to, to step out and honor somebody. Courageously tell them what you see within them about how God has created them. The greatness of who they are. Not what they're doing, not what, how they look. What you love about them. I'm going to give you an ex example of honor because it can be awkward. It can be hard. And um, our Sandman back there, Eric Conklin, those of you online, you might know him. You guys might not know Eric, but he's, he's back there today. He's, he's working the sound. You know, if I was going to compliment Eric, I'd say, hey, Eric, nice beard. Yeah. If I was going to encourage him, I'd say, Eric, you know, you, you are great. You're great back there. The tech, the audio, the sound, is, it's so good. Thank you for what you do. But if I was going to speak honor to Eric, I'd say, Eric, you're a great man. And I have seen you fight for children you never got to hold. And now you get to hold your son. You fought for your wife through all the pain you guys went through. And not only that, Eric, you're a man who other men are drawn to, who love to be near because God placed within you not only a great sense of humor, but a character that draws people. Eric, God created you to be great. You see, honor is a little bit awkward, isn't it? Especially if you're receiving, right? 
It's hard. Honor takes vulnerability. Honor takes courage. It is hard to step out and speak some things at that, that, that level without kind of feeling something. But honor is the language of heaven. Honor speaks to, to, to truly who somebody is, to how God's created them, to, to who they are. And it draws it out and, and it fights against some of the things that the world tries to speak into them. Compliments speak to the external. Encouragement speaks to the behavior. But honor speaks to the identity. It speaks to the identity. Honor builds people up in a way that, that other words can't build people up. Let's Ephesians 4.29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building people up. We are called to build others up up with our words. And compliments are great. It, a compliment can build you up, and you can live on a compliment for a couple minutes, maybe an hour. And encouragement, man, that, that, that does build us up. We need to continue to be complimenters and encouragers. But honor builds people up in a deeper way because, because of the identity it speaks to, because of how deep it speaks. Honor goes beyond the external, beyond the behavior. The Bible goes further. It says this in, in I'm sorry, Proverbs 18.21, our words have the power of life and death. Honor breathes life into de dead bones of someone's identity. Honor is a spring rain to a desert dry self-worth. Honor speaks life. As you go through your life, the grind of life, the work, and not only the wounds we take, it wrings the identity out of us. And honor speaks that back into somebody and gives life. Like nothing else, honor gives life in a way encouragement and compliments cannot. When you speak honor, you speak the language of heaven. You're speaking identity into that person. You're speaking who they were created to be. You're revealing the glory that, that God has placed in them. You're speaking words to them they might not believe about themselves. If you've ever been the recipient of somebody speaking honor to you, there's always that, that resistance sometimes as you've gathered wounds and hurts. Speaking honor reveals how God has truly made someone. It's amazing to me that when we speak honor, we very well could be speaking the words that God would be saying to them. When you speak honor to someone's heart, you're speaking like the words of God that he would say, this is how you're created. This is how I made you. This is the greatness I've put in you because of Jesus. This is what's true about you. And we, as God's people, get to speak those words of life into them. Parents, just an aside for you. Do everything you can, parents, to speak honor to your children. Amy and I have had a lot of discussions about this. We worked on this. We don't want to just compliment our kids. Because then they begin to, we teach them that they're only as good as they look. We don't want to just encourage our kids' behavior because then we teach them they're only as good as they behave or perform. And the world's going to try to do that their entire life. See, we speak words of honor to our kids. To grow their, not, not, not to grow their self-confidence, but to grow their confidence in the creator and how he made them. Speaking honor doesn't grow self-confidence, it grows self-worth which is far greater. Speak honor to your children's fathers. Mothers, speak honor to your children. 
speak identity and who God has made them and draw out that gold. It doesn't matter if your children are adults. Continue to speak honor to your children. And dads and moms, one of the most powerful things you could do is to speak honor to your spouse in front of your kids. Marriage itself is something that God instituted, and marriage is worthy of honor, despite what our culture says. Hebrews 13.4 says, marriage should be honored by all and kept pure. And listen, when I speak honorably about my wife in front of my children, it gives them a different perspective on, on, on who she is. I, we, we made these Mother's Day cards, and we gave them to her today, and it's, one of the questions says, what does mommy do? And one of our kids put um, health insurance because she was calling about health insurance. And one put dishwasher. And so I, I want to speak honor about my wife. And so that they, as they grow up, they, they see the, the greatness and the glory and the honor of who their mother is. It raises the level of honor in, in our house. And it raises the bar on the spouse that they're going to look to. Parents, spouses. Speak honor in your home. Honor elevates the waterline for everyone involved, even innocent bystanders. You just hear honor being spoken, and you're like, whoa, honor is important. In studying honor, I found that there's, there's some requirements for honor if we're going to have it present in, our, in ourselves, in our homes, and in our church. Three things. What does honor require? It requires a source of honor, a code of honor, and a community of honor. For there to be honor, it needs to, be, to come from somewhere. And these earthly requirements, they flow directly from God. He is our source and our resource of honor. All honor flows from him, the author, from the Trinity. It's his native tongue. When he speaks to your heart, when he speaks to you, he speaks in words of honor to who you are. Made in his image, we are resourced by the Holy Spirit internally to speak honor to others. He is our source. And we have a code of honor, and it's God's word. A code of honor on, he, he sent his word and then Jesus embodied it. Jesus was the, the walking embodiment of what it means to live a code of honor. And that's why, we stepped out of it this week, but that's why we're going through the book of John every week, deep dive, because I want to see what it looks like when Jesus embodies the word. The code of honor. God's word is the revelation of honor. And so as, as you want to learn to be more of a person of honor and speak honor, we have a code to learn from. We learn God's nature. And finally, when Jesus walked the earth, he was, he was asked something. He was asked in, in this book, in this code of honor, like, which, which verse is most important? And if you've been going to the orchard any amount of time, you know the answer. You know the answer. It's on our t-shirts. It's, it's all over the place. In all the code of honor, Jesus, what stands out? And, and he said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as yourself. Love God, love people. It seems simple. But... This is where we learn what it means to honor, not only God, but each other. So how does living love God, love people, how does that lead, lead to a life of honor? You see, if you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, you begin to see God more clearly for who he truly is as he reveals himself, his glory, his honor. And the more you, you seek God, the more you see God, the more you see of him, the more your love grows. It's this it's amazing pursuit of this relationship with God. And something very strange begins to happen. The more you begin to see who God is, the more you see just how much he loves you, how he made you. You begin to see how God sees you and the honor he has put in there. 
And as you see yourself through that lens and the great value that God has placed in you in the work of Jesus, you begin to want to act with honor. You see yourself through a lens of, of honor. You don't want to dishonor yourself. And that's why it says in 1 Corinthians 6.19, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who is in you? Who you receive from God? You're not your own. You were bought with a price and therefore honor God with your bodies. Your body, your soul, you are to honor God. His spirit resides within us. Listen, our holiness honors God. And our holiness honors our own selves. And then life begins to dramatically change as we begin to love God with our heart and soul and mind and strength and, and see him clearly and see how he's made us. Then we begin to have a change of paradigm and perspective because then God gives you eyes to see others the way he sees them. You begin to see other people through eyes of honor. You will see their value. You will see the glory that God has placed in those people. Even people that we have trouble liking. Even people we have trouble honoring. When you have God's eye, when you have God's paradigm, when you begin to see people with the eyes of honor, you see the value that God has placed within each person. Romans 12, 9 says this. It says, honor one another above yourself. Another translation says, outdo one another with honor. Like if you're going to compete, compete with honor. Outdo one another. Honor. May it be a back and forth. Our simple vision of love God, love people is a launching point for honor. Of a people who would, who would see through it, through eyes of honor, and who would speak honor. We have a source and we have a code of honor. And finally, we have a community of honor. And like I said earlier, it starts with the Trinity. That's where our community of honor begins. But also we belong to a larger group of his followers here on earth. The church Worldwide, capital C, Jesus' church should be a people of honor. And then here in this community, a community of, of, of believers, however we, we, we live, whatever we do, however we vote, however we, here in this room as believers, and as we go out, we have a love for one another and we speak with honor. We should speak and live in such a way, honorably, that it's different than the culture, noticeably. And if you're engaging with this message, as I was thinking through this, there's always this question that comes up in some people's minds. What do I do? I mean, honor is great. Yeah, that's, that, that, let's do that. But what about people who, who have treated us dishonorably? We probably maybe each have somebody in our past who has wounded us greatly. Someone who did not treat us with honor. Like, How am I supposed to honor that person? First, we recognize that God loved us when there was nothing honorable about us. 1 John 4.19 says, we love him because he first loved us. God loves us despite our actions. And God has granted me so much grace that it would be a sin for me to not give grace to others. Titus 3.4 says this, when, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of the good things we had done, not because of our honor, not because of our honorable deeds. He saved us. Not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done. God saved us based on who he is, not based on who we were. And once we follow Jesus, we can be like him in giving honor based on what Jesus has done in us, not what the other person has done. 
We give honor because we have received honor. We can give honor because the author of honor has placed it within us. Now, I want to I clarify a few things. This doesn't mean you should be around that person. There are relationships or there are things that have happened that the boundaries need to be there. Honor doesn't mean that you break those. Honor doesn't mean that you need to be around them. There are certain people in life that you maybe shouldn't give access to. It doesn't mean you even have to speak to them. Honor could mean that you just don't dishonor them. Honor could mean that there's no gossip or slander or cursing in it. One of the most honorable things that some of us could do today, and this is, someone needs this, one of the most honorable things some of us could do today is to release someone from your bitterness. That's honor. And sadly for some people, it's, it's her mom. Honor, you can release somebody from the bitterness and forgive them. We can choose honor, can choose to honor others. And when we do that, we are aligning ourselves with the culture of heaven where honor finds its headwaters. And when we choose to dishonor people, when we choose to gossip or, or slander or have bitterness or, or curse them, we're not aligning ourselves with the culture of heaven. We're aligning ourselves with the culture of this earth. And what does that mean? Well, the Bible states that, that God has an enemy. And in the Bible, he is called the accuser, which is a very appropriate name. Because the accuser... His goal is the exact opposite of honor in your life. The accuser wants to bring you dishonor, which brings you into shame. That's where the accuser wants you to live, in a a place of shame, interacting with others based on shame. And I I love this quote about the difference between the accuser and, and God. The accuser knows your name but calls you by your sin. And God knows your sin but calls you by your name. He he, He speaks to you with honor, and the accuser is going to just remind you of the dishonor. The enemy wants you to live in shame, and, 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 and for somebody, somebody here, you, there is so much shame in here. When I say that God loves you, God forgives you, and, and he has honor, there, there is almost like a no, no. For some of us, we go through life, and based on what has happened to us or what we've done, there is so much shame. And here on Mother's Day today, God wants to restore your honor. That based on the work of Jesus, your past is forgiven. And you have presence in the future. His presence in your, in your present. And then you have hope for the future. God wants to restore your honor to let you know that you are forgiven. And he calls you. He knows your greatest identity. He calls you to newness of life. When you choose to speak dishonor about others, when we, when we choose to do that, we are, we are aligning ourselves with the accuser in someone's life. When we align with ourselves with heaven, we speak honor. We are combating the shame in someone's life. When you speak honor to somebody, you're combating the accuser's voice and the shame he wants to give them. 1 Peter 2.17 casts a very wide net and a very high bar. Honor all people. Love the family of believers. Worship God and honor the emperor. Four sentences, but a lot of challenge there. Honor all people. Love the church, worship God, honor your leaders. Can you imagine? Can you just stop for imagine and imagine what would happen if we simply did that in our hearts and minds? What if we honored all people? Oh, there's no asterisks there, but I, I 
extensively looked to see which people we didn't have to honor. And I, I just, I couldn't find them in the footnotes. Honor all people. There are some people who are hard to honor, aren't they? And again, it could mean that you just stop dishonoring them. Can you imagine if we did this not only in our heads and our hearts, but in our homes? What if, what, if this, what if the culture of honor was extended to our house? What if you took that culture of honor to work with you? Can you imagine what would happen to social media if we did, if we did that verse? Could you imagine what would happen? How we'd interact differently? The verse doesn't say to excuse people's sin or, or you know, any of that. It just says it, anything we might, we might conjure up of like why we wouldn't have to do it. It simply says what it says to, to honor all people. Even our leaders, honor our leaders. The culture of heaven, God wants to become the culture of our heart. And the, the application of today, the application is easy today. It's Mother's Day, right? So, so step one, honor your mom. Honor your mom. Maybe today, if, if you get the chance to, to write her or call her or see her, that you wouldn't just compliment her, that you wouldn't just encourage her, but that you would take that vulnerable, courageous risk and honor her your mother, for who she is, who, how God made her, and, and, and let her know everything so that one day, you, when you stand on the stage, you can say, my mom knows it all. I told her all of it. Now, for those of you who, who can't maybe speak or write to your mom because of circumstances are broken or because they've passed, you can still honor your moms. How, what we write, what we think, tell a story. Let's honor mothers today. And parents, honor your kids. Be a parent who speaks honor to your children, who speaks identity of heaven into them, because the world is going to do its best to come against that. Spouses, speak honor to one another in front of your kids. Roommates, speak honor. Wherever you go, speak honor at work, at home. And the question also for some of us is simply this. A little conviction who do I need to quit dishonoring in life? Who do I need to quit gossiping, uh, belittling, cursing? Who do I need to stop dishonoring? Bottom line, we live in a culture where people, let's just be honest, we live in a culture where people are addicted to likes. People will post a picture and check time and time again to see how many other people have clicked a heart do you know how far from honor we've drifted? When we, when we judge uh, maybe a moment based on how many people like us on a, a platform, it is time for the people of God to rise up and put honor back in its place. Because when someone's getting likes and hearts and someone comes along and authentically speaks honor to them, it's not even close. The world needs honor honorable people to speak honor. If, if we, God's people, simply went home and had a culture of honor in our, in our, inside of our own hearts and minds and then in our home and then took that to work and spoke honor to our boss or as the boss, spoke honor to our employees, to our co-workers, and then as you go in with your friends, you're speaking honor. Can you imagine the impact that would have? Honor has a distinct flavor to it that a like can't touch. We are a, a culture addicted to likes, and God's called us to be a people of honor. Let's do that. Let us honor God in our hearts and minds. 
honor God with our holiness. And then let's take our honor first to our, whoever's in our homes, then to our work. Let's take it out. This is part of what loving God and loving people is. This is part of what it means when you go out into the world and you love God and you love people. They see that there's something different about the way you walk and talk than everyone else. Let's be the people of God who restore honor in our homes, our hearts, and our workplaces. As we go into communion today, you know, the one thing I love, one thing that's true about moms is how much they sacrifice. And today we are honoring the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus, who restored honor to all people who come to him, who gave honor and value to humanity. And so as we take communion during this song, I want, I'm going to let you take it in your seat as you, as you engage with this. But ask God these questions. Who do I need to stop dishonoring? And how can I begin to be a person of honor to my spouse, friends, roommates, children? And then after, after this, I want us to rise up when the song starts playing, and I want us to worship. Because worship isn't just singing. Worship is declaring honor on the one who deserves it most. Worship is an act of honor. So Jesus, we thank you, and we honor you first and foremost. We lift you high. You are the main thing in this place. Hear our worship, hear our hearts, and speak clearly to us right now on how we need to come into alignment with the culture of heaven and be people of honor, to restore this virtue in our lives and our homes. Hear our worship in Jesus' name.